Christ, this is the day that the Lord has made. We're rejoicing and exceedingly glad since I found Jesus. My whole life has changed. What a declaration that is. I pray that that is your testimony, that since you found Jesus, your life has changed, your walk has changed, your talk has changed, your living has changed, your thinking has changed. And listen, if you really found the Lord, you can't help but be changed. Amen. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Uh, but before we get into the night's lesson, uh, we certainly want to ask that you be a good digital disciple and share this with your neighbors and share this with your friends. Go ahead and push that like button, that share button, and make sure that uh, this Bible study gets out into the um, uh, the digital sphere and let uh, let your brothers and sisters know that, that there's some good there's some good Bible teaching going on uh, on tonight. We thank God for each of you who has joined us. Why don't we take a look and see who's in the room with us on tonight? We have with us Sister Dorothy Jones. God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Jones. Thank God for you on tonight. Pigtail 1100, Pigtail 1100. I don't know who that is, but hey, Pigtail, good to see you. Amen. Davenport, uh, Demetria Davenport, God bless you. Good to see you, Demetria Davenport. Faith Foster is with us on tonight. Good to see you, Sister Foster. Robbie Buckhalter Singleton, God bless you. Sister Singleton, good to see you. Sister Green is with us on tonight. Good to see you, Sister Green. We thank God for your presence. Sister Shelby Moore is with us. God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Moore. Sister Curry, Mother Curry is with us on tonight. God bless you. Good to see you, Mother Curry. Amen. Aunt Carr is with us on tonight. Um, sister, uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, I believe Sister Anthony. That's who that is. Amen. Good to see you, Sister Anthony. Uh, Mother Sexton is with us on tonight. God bless you. God bless you. Good to see all of you. We thank God for you. Thank God for your presence. I pray uh, that you've had a wonderful Wednesday on, on this Wednesday. Uh, still a little bit warm, but I hear, I get it from a, a reliable source that some fall weather is on the way, y'all. So, uh, you know, y'all know I'm a fall guy. I'm a fall guy. I love the fall season. And thank God that a little a little cool, a little crisp uh, is supposed to be getting into the air. 
uh, coming on tomorrow, and I can't wait. I cannot wait. Amen. God bless you. We thank God. Uh, also, I think the fair is opening tomorrow. Is that right? I think I got it right. Tomorrow is opening day for the Mississippi State Fair. Amen. Mandy White says she's ready for the fall, too. God bless you. I see you, sister. I, I got some fall people in here. If fall is your season, make some noise. If fall is your season, make some I I love the fall. I love, except for the allergies, y'all. That's the only thing that messes with me during the fall is the allergies. Uh, but thank God that that we, I'm just about over that. I know some of you have been suffering with allergies as well. Uh, but I pray it did not get too bad for you. It got a, a little tricky there for me for a moment, but uh, thank God that uh, we're, we're, we're good and ready to go right now. Amen. Amen. You have been sharing it, and so we thank God that you are sharing. Our numbers are going up. Uh, continue to share that. We're certainly lifting. I see uh, Sister Danielle Oliver is in the room on tonight. Danny Marie Oliver, we are continuing to pray for you and the loss of uh, your father. We continue to lift you up, uh, Sister Oliver. We're praying for you and for your family. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God keep you is our prayer. Listen, why don't we say a word of prayer on tonight and we will get into our Bible study. Eternal God, our Father, how grateful and how thankful we are for who you are. We bless you for uh, your many wonderful blessings and how you um, how you extend mercy to us over and over again. Your mercies are multiplied fact, they are new morning by morning. Great is your faithfulness. God, we thank you for being ever faithful to us. Uh, we don't deserve it, but God, you're just that good. And so we thank you. We thank you for looking beyond our faults and tending to our needs. We thank you for forgiving us over and over again. We, we thank you for opening doors to us that we did not deserve or closing doors to us that we did not need to go through. Lord, I thank you for your provisions and for your preventions, for what you provided and what you knew uh, would not serve us well and you kept it from coming into our lives. You're just that good. God, now we pray your blessings upon our time together. We pray, oh God, that you would open our eyes, our ears, open our heart and our understanding, that we might hear your word, receive your word, and then live by your word. Grant it, oh God, in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen and amen, amen, amen. God bless you, God bless you. So yeah, that, that song that was playing um, for our intro tonight, uh, since I met Jesus, my whole life has changed. Um, my walk has changed. My talk. You know, we 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 sing a lot of songs um, about change. The one word, one song comes to mind. Says, oh, "What a wonderful, a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart." Y'all remember that when floods of joy, oh my soul, like the sea billows rolls role since Jesus came into my heart. We celebrate, we celebrate, and rightly so, um, the new life that we have in Jesus Christ. Uh, for when we confess with our mouths and when we believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ 
uh, is the son of God and that he died on a cross for our sins and that he rose again from the dead. Uh, when we accept him as Lord and Savior, uh, we are new creatures in Christ. The Bible says old things are passed away and all things have become new. And we thank God for that new reality, for that that new experience, for the new creatureliness that we have in Jesus Christ. The question and the issue and sometimes the struggle becomes uh, living out the new life in Jesus Christ, living afresh, living anew. Um, since we have met Jesus, since we have allowed Jesus to become Lord, the challenge and sometimes the struggle is how to now live like Christ, how to live like Jesus, how to walk like Jesus, how to talk like Jesus, how to let the person and the personality of Jesus become our own. Paul um, says in the book of Philippians that we are to let this mind be, uh, be in us, which also was in Christ Jesus. That's one way that we do it. One that way that we become like Christ is by letting his mind, trading our mind for his. But tonight I want to, I want to, I want to talk about this idea of growing in Christ likeness growing in Christ likeness. Um, we are, we are known, we who believe in Jesus Christ, we who are Christ followers are known the world over as Christians. We bear that, that moniker as being a Christian. Um, being a Christian means being in the way of Christ, being like Christ, following in the precepts, in the commandments, in the nature, in the ways of Christ. Being a Christian means that I am like Christ. As I said, though, the struggle for a lot of us, for, for most of, for all of us, <laughs> is really letting Christ, the essence of Christ, become who we are. So tonight I want to I want to try and share from Scripture through Scripture some of what it means and some of what it looks like to grow in Christ likeness. So that, so that our testimony to the world is more credible. Here's, 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 here's the reality. Um, and here's some of the um, rub that I believe unbelievers have with believers and that the world has with the church is that sometimes it's just difficult seeing 
what's different about us. Um, our witness, our testimony does not clearly identify us as being of Christ. And so when we sing the song with our lips, we live something different with our lives. We sing the song, since I met Jesus, my whole life has changed. But our witness and our testimony before the world does not always exemplify that, that we have a changed life. So I want to I want to try tonight through through the help of of the Holy Spirit um, to talk a little bit about what it means to grow in Christ likeness. Um, the first the first the first scripture I want to want us to look at is from John's Gospel, John chapter thirteen, John chapter thirteen. Verses 34 and 35, I'm going to be using the New International Version tonight, the New International Version, NIV. John 13, 34 and 35. And there these words are recorded. A new command I give you, love one another. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this... Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus puts first and foremost, says, if, if you want people to know that you belong to me, if you want your testimony and your witness to the world to be clear and evident, that you are a follower of Christ, that you are a Christian, that you are a person of the way, that you walk in my way, that you have been saved, uh, that you are, are being saved and sanctified by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. The preeminent way of, of, of exemplifying that and proving that to the world, Jesus says, is by loving one another. Love. You, you, you can do, you can do anything else. You can pay your tithe. You can, you can pray. You can worship God. You can do any of those things that we should be doing that are spiritual disciplines that are right to do. But Jesus says above them all, the way that people are going to know that you belong to me is if you love one another. And here's what Jesus says. So he sets the bar high, but he sets it even higher when he says, I want you to love each other as I have loved you. So the preeminent 
um, the, 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 the preeminent characteristic of Christianity, Jesus says, is love. Then he takes it further and says, don't just love any kind of way. Don't love the way you love. Love the way I love. Well, what does that look like, Jesus? You, you already know how Jesus loved. Jesus loved. Let me show you. Let me show you how much Jesus loved. And by the way, um, the example I'm about to use now is actually um, something that's written in our church covenant. Our church covenant says something uh, about not needlessly exposing the, the infirmities of others, right? That we will not, <laughs> as believers, as as members of the body of Christ that we will not needlessly expose people, their weaknesses, their struggles, their imperfections, their faults, their failures, that we will not needlessly expose the infirmities of others. Let me show you how Jesus did that. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Jesus is having his last meal with his disciples. Jesus, at that last meal, you remember he um, he does several things. He, he, he washes their feet, right? Which, which you get, let's start there. <laughs> let's start there. Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. Um, one of them, Peter, initially protests to the idea. Jesus says, if, if, if I don't wash you, you'll have no parts of me. And so he later, um, decides, well, don't just wash my feet, but, but my head also wash all of me. Jesus washes all of his disciples feet. And even after doing that, he says to them, uh, as you've seen me do, do that also. If I'm the master and I'm not too big to serve, then what lessons should you learn as disciples? Jesus says, if I'm the teacher, I'm the master, I should be having my feet washed by you, but I'm washing your feet. He says, if I'm not too big to serve, then don't you be also. But but that's not really what I want to get at. What I really want to get at is Jesus at this last supper, he drops a bombshell on his disciples. And he says to them, one of you, one of you will betray me. And you know what happened? They started looking around the room trying to decide which one of us is going to do it. Which, which, which one of us is Jesus talking about? 
which one of us is going to betray the Lord? Jesus knew exactly who it was. He knew that it was Judas. He knew that it was Judas who was going to sell him out for 30 pieces of sin. He knew it. Watch this, y'all. And yet, he did not expose Judas to the other disciples. I want to suggest to you that when Jesus is praying to the Father and he says to his Father that uh, I've loved the ones that you have given to me, I've loved them to the end. Remember that prayer he prays? I believe it's in John uh, 14. It says, I've, I've, I, have, I have kept them and I have loved them until the end. Jesus, even though Judas is going to betray him, Jesus does not expose him. He loves his disciples until the end. I believe, I believe, I believe if we're going to be more like Jesus and more Christ-like, that love, <laughs> the Bible says, covers a multitude of sins. Love does not needlessly expose people and what they've done and what they have the proclivity to do and what they may very well do. Love, love loves people through their issues and their isms, love loves people while they are working out who they are and who they are yet becoming. Uh, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13, all that love does. And one of the things it does is it suffers long. In other words, it doesn't give up on folk. It doesn't give up on people. And so when Jesus says, I want you to love each other as I have loved you. You got to look at how Jesus loved his disciples. He loved them enough that he would bear the burden. The, he would bear the burden of covering them. Even when doing so meant his own demise. He covered Judas, even though Judas was going to sell him out. Wow. He says, I want you to love each other as I have loved you. Think about that for a minute. 
love loving somebody who you know means you know good i know that's tough i know that's hard i but but see this is what it means to grow in christ likeness we we may not be there now but growing in christ likeness means that I've got to grow in my capacity and my ability to love and to love authentically, to love fully, to love completely. Jesus puts love as the preeminent characteristic of being like Christ of being saved, of being a follower, of being one of his disciples. By this, they will know that you are my, my disciples if you have love one for another. And so, and so Jesus says, basically, don't, don't tell me how often you fast. Don't tell me how long you pray. Don't tell me how loudly you sing. Don't tell me how many Sunday school lessons you teach. Don't tell me how many sermons you preach. Don't tell me how many people, homeless people you feed, how many naked people you clothe. All of that is good and needed and necessary. He says, but the world is going to know that you're my disciples by how you love each other. See, because there are a lot of people who can do all of those things that I just named and can't stand the person who sits on their pew can't stand the person who's a part of their ministry team. Y'all know I'm right. And so Jesus says, if you're going to grow in Christ likeness and be known as one of my disciples, you must love each other as I have loved you. I could really I could really just stay right there the rest of the night because love <laughs> Yeah. Peter Paul says, listen, you 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 can speak with the tongues of angels. Right? You you can you can do all of those but if you don't have love, you are tinkling brass and sounding symbol if you don't have love you can you can talk in as many tongues as you want to you you can shout you you can you can you can have you can fall out in the holy ghost you can dance you can you can do all of that but but if you don't have love and listen, love will help you like folk. I'm going to say that again. Love will help you to like people. Because here's what I found out. Here's what I found out. A lot of us will say that I love you, but I don't like you. 
And, and, and basically what we're saying is, I love you because the Lord, because God told me I got to love you. And so we, we, we almost make love a religious thing, a rule thing, right? I, I love you to keep from going to hell. Or I love I love you so I can stay saved, right? Um, but but we don't really we don't really we don't really. But here's here's what I believe I believe that when we really love people, love will help you learn how to like people. I I I believe that. I didn't say it means that you'll learn how to how to agree with everybody on everything. That's not what I'm saying. There are people who I love and I've learned how to like them, even though we have disagreements. We have political disagreements. There are people who I disagree with politically. But my love for them has allowed me to learn how to like them. Even though we disagree philosophically. We disagree on, 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 a, on a number of things. But because I love you, I've learned how to like you. All right, let me move on. Let me move on. Growing in Christ-likeness. Growing in Christ-likeness. Um, go, go with me to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Verses 3 and 4. New International Version again. It reads, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. How, how, how I don't even need to explain that. If I'm going to be a follower of Christ, if, if I'm going to be like Christ, it means it means that I've got to be willing to put the interest of others before myself. It means that I've got to be willing to put the, in, in other words, I'm not, I'm not just concerned about me. Being, being more like Christ and growing in Christ means that I recognize I am not the center of the universe. Being more like Christ means that I recognize that the ideas of others have value, that the feelings of others matter, and that the preferences of others should be considered. Being like Christ means I can't have it my way all the time. And I cannot be selfish in wanting everything to suit my needs and my needs only. Jesus, Jesus, um, Jesus had a way of, of, teaching um 
Well, let, let's let, let me let me let, let's let, let me let me use a couple of examples. Jesus, all right. Um, Jesus is is headed to heal a man's daughter. But before he gets there, he engages with a woman who touches him, touches the hem of his garment. You remember, she, she, she has an issue of blood that has not been healed. And she presses her way to touch the hem of Jesus's garment, believing that if she could just get to Jesus, that she would be made whole. Now, when that happens, Jesus does not just allow the woman to touch her and keep moving to where he was going, but now he has a conversation. Who touched me? Disciples look around, say, Lord, how can we say who touched you? All these people are out here pressing their way, trying to get to you. A whole bunch of folk been touching you. How can we? And Jesus says, no, uh, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about one specific someone who touched me because I felt virtue leave out of me. Right? Jesus, now you got to put yourself in the position of, of the man who has summoned Jesus to come and heal his daughter. Now, all of a sudden, it looks like that's being derailed. And in fact, it is because word comes to the man and says, your daughter has died. If Jesus had just continued doing what was already, watch this, on his agenda, then perhaps he would have gotten there before the death of the daughter. But he takes the time to engage this with this other healing, this, this by the way healing, this healing that, that, that jumped the line. I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at here is sometimes um, we can get caught up in our own schedules, our own itineraries, our own agendas, right? And we miss a moment for, for miracles. We miss a moment for the miraculous to take place. We miss a moment. We miss a God moment. We miss an engagement. We, we were so ready for, for our assignment that we missed the engagement. Or let's flip it. <laughs> we were so ready for our engagement that we missed our assignment. Jesus 
Jesus recognizes that this is a moment for a miracle. And of course, you remember, he, he goes back and he says, listen, I just need you, father, dad, I, I need you not to give up. You believe that I could heal your daughter when she was sick. I need you now to believe that I can heal her now that she's dead, that I can raise her. I can do both. So, so, so he considers, what's the point? He considers others. He's considerate of the needs of others, not just what was on his schedule, what was on his agenda, or what he had planned for that day. He considers the needs, the requests, the issues of others. Sometimes we can get so locked in and so laser focused on what it is that we have to achieve that we miss the opportunities to minister to others. We miss the moment that God Not sure if I'm still here. Am I still on? Hopefully I'm still on. I'm sorry. You're still yeah. on. You're yeah. still on. Okay. All right. I don't know what just happened there. My uh, screens just went blank and black. So I didn't know if we were still on or not. Um, but yeah, so, so sometimes we miss. We miss the moment uh, because we're so laser focused on what it is that we intended to do, that we miss what God intends to do. Amen. All right. So so Paul says, listen, don't do nothing out of selfish ambition, but consider others better than yourself. Consider the plight of others. Consider the needs of others. Consider the requests of others. Consider what others are going through. Consider how you can be a blessing to others. Consider how the interest of others. Consider the preferences of others when you're planning uh, your your event um, can can you can you consider uh, somebody else's diet and not just your own uh, preferences? Can you consider somebody else's dietary restrictions and not just what you want on the menu? Can you consider can you consider um, uh, uh, you know where the event is and and if that's going to make everybody comfortable? Uh, consider it. If you're going to be like Christ, you have to be considerate of others. Okay. Let me hit one more. Uh, Cause I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on with my system here. I'm getting some flickering. So let me, let me hit one more and, and, uh, and, and call it for tonight. Um, go, go with me to Acts. Actually, I'm going I'm to skip to Acts TA. Acts chapter 24. Uh, verse 16. Yeah, I'm getting some 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 messages on my screen here, TA. So I'm not sure if it's gonna hold out. I'm, I'm gonna have to check my system and see what's going on. Um uh Acts 24, verse 16. Acts 24, 4, verse 16. Um uh New International Version says, So I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. 
Um, we're still good, right, T.A.? Yes, sir, we are. Okay, all right, all right. Um, sorry, so I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. Um, he, here, here's the last thing I want to hit for tonight. Um, this is this is this is this is Paul. This is Paul as he is um, making ready for um, his his his. Um, he's going before uh, King Agrippa, and later he'll go before uh, Caesar uh, because he's making his case um, for for uh, being released from prison. Uh, they the Jews have have come against him and have have wrongly accused him and and have gotten him uh, placed in jail and so Paul is is making his defense um, and in this passage I love how I love what Paul says right there in verse twenty four he says so I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man I strive to keep my conscience clear before God and man. Um, listen, if if we're going to grow in Christ, if we're going to grow in Christ, I believe this, that there come moments, there, there will come moments in our lives where we are challenged um, by, by any number of people, detractors, we call them haters sometimes, um, uh, we're challenged by people who, 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 who have issue with us, who have ought against us, uh, for whatever reason, whether they're jealous, whether they're envious, or whether they just don't like us, right? Um, which was the case for Paul, right? It just didn't like it. Uh, they didn't like that he preached uh, the resurrection. They didn't like. Uh, that that he talked that that he remember because he was Saul before becoming Paul, and so um, you know conversion will cause some people not to like you. The fact that you changed teams will cause people not to like you, right? And so what Paul says in this verse, and I love it again. He says, "So I strive always." He, he says, "Listen, I I I cannot live my life trying to make everybody like me." Because there are going to be some people who just are not going to like me because of a number of reasons. Because I changed teams. I'm no longer Saul and I'm Paul, right? There are going to be people who, who are not going to like me because of my doctrine, because I believe in the resurrection. There are going to be people who, who will not like me because of the positions that I take and the stances that I make, right? He says, but here's what I do. I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. In other words, what Paul says is, here's what I try to do. I try to live my life in such a way that I am not convicted in my heart for having done anybody wrong. I try to live my life in such a way that when I lay my head down at night, that I can sleep peacefully because I know that I have not done, and if I did wrong by anyone, that I've tried my best to make amends. I've tried my best to make it right. If I needed to apologize, I made the apology. 
If I needed to have a conversation with my brother and sister, I went and did that. He says, I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. That ought to bless somebody. Listen, the, the reason some of us don't sleep well at night is because our conscience won't let us sleep. Because there's something that we have not done, some, some conversation that we have not had, we have not gotten it right, and our conscience, and thank God, thank God that the Holy Spirit moves on our conscience like that. That's how you know, that's how you know when you are, listen, some of us don't struggle anymore uh, wrestle anymore uh, to get a good night's sleep because we just sleep in wrong. We, we wrong and we just go on and go to sleep. But some of us wrestle with this thing and thank God that there is still yet a wrestling match taking place. That's what lets me know, listen, that God is still working with me. And when And when there's a wrestling match taking place, when, when you can't rest and, and there's something on your mind and on your heart, here's what I say to you, beloved, go get it right. Don't keep resting on it. Don't keep going to sleep because after a while, your spiritual sensitivity will get dull to the point that it no longer matters. If, if, if that thing is on your heart and on your mind, here it is, get it right between you God and that person. Paul says, I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. I try to live my life in such a way that at the end of the day, I know that I've done right with my fellow man. And if I needed, if I needed to get right, I went and got it right. If I needed to say I'm sorry, I said, I'm sorry. If, if, if I needed to explain something, I tried my best to explain it. And then not only did I do that with my fellow man, but then I went and got right with God. After I got right with my brother, after I apologized and asked for forgiveness for my brother, I then went and asked God to forgive me. I'm, I'm through y'all. But listen, forgiveness ought to take place horizontally and vertically. And a lot of us deal with the vertical forgiveness and we never deal with the horizontal forgiveness. We want God to forgive us and we never go by our brother. We ask God to forgive us, but we never go have and sit and have a conversation with our sister. Amen. If we're going to be like Christ, if we're going to grow in Christ likeness, we must have a clear conscience with God and with our fellow brothers and sisters. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. I'm done, y'all, for tonight. I'm. We made it. We made it. My. Uh, I gotta. I gotta check and see what's going on with this system, though, y'all. <laughs> this. This thing is giving me some funny messages right now. So thank God we got through it. Amen. Listen, we will see you all on Sunday, Lord willing. Uh, we're looking forward to a great time in the Lord. So uh, you all, listen, um, I need to see you in Sunday school. We need to see you in Sunday school. You who have yet to return to Sunday school, we want to see you. You who have yet to return to Sunday morning services, 
I know YouTube is good. I know Facebook is good. And I thank God for all of that. Thank God for all of our distant members who join us, who are living in, in, in other states and other cities. But if you are in Jackson, Mississippi, if you're in Hines County, Madison County, Rankin County, listen, it's not too far for you to get to this church house. And yeah, I believe that the spirit, because I don't say this often, so I believe the spirit is telling me to tell you, get to church on Sunday. If you're in this tri-county area, amen, and nothing's preventing you from coming, and you've just gotten used to turning on the TV, listen, push yourself. Do it this Sunday. There's something waiting for you in the house, and I want to see you this Sunday. Amen. God bless you, and God keep you is our prayer. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of your word. God, we pray now that as we go from this place, that we will never depart from your spirit. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen and amen. God bless you. Good night.